As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Michael Beller, Jake Seeley, and Brandon Funston here with you for another debate-based episode of this show. We've got one running back debate, one wide receiver debate, and one quarterback debate coming at you. Mr. Funston, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, I'm just bitter at you for uh, sending out these debates this morning, uh, right in the middle of me doing a bunch of other things. <laughs> so totally like, you know, behind on all this and they expect to get uh you know expect to be kind of handicapped a little bit in these debates but i'll, I'll push through i'll push through. we'll make it happen you know what it is funston it's the uh it's it's the central and eastern time zone bias working against you here that's because right. me and jay by the time we sit down to do these episodes just peel back the curtain a little bit listener we typically do these at least in this preseason here noon central one eastern jake and i have been awake for hours we've been doing all sorts of stuff we got plenty of time in the morning that's 10 a.m. for Funston. He's got other yeah. things going on. It's like he can just dive I'm right into this. Still drinking coffee for God's yeah, sakes. right. It's, so it's it's a it's a word bias that works against you, Jake Seeley. Way out east, it's like man, it's almost it's almost uh, the next day by the time we start this episode. What's up, Jake? Oh yeah, I'm already done for the day. What are you talking about? Like this, this is it Thursday yet? <laughs> What's going on? I yeah, just right? had dinner. Uh, what the, <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Well, uh, thanks for staying up with us, Jake. We've got three <laughs> debates to get through on this episode here. And Jake, you and me are going to go first. So Funston. Now's the time. you got to have one ear on what we're talking about because we're going to ask you to chime in. But then now's the time to really race through your research for the two debates that you are going to be a part of. Jake, let's kick things off here. Let's kick things off at the very top or close to the very top of the draft board. We're going to talk running back debate. And this one should be a doozy. Definitely could be one that people are really facing in their drafts. It is Dalvin Cook versus Saquon Barkley. I've got Dalvin Cook. Jake You've got Saquon Barkley. I'm going to take this one first. Let's go Dalvin Cook. So first of all, since 2019, Dalvin Cook, third in the NFL in fantasy points per game. The only two people ahead of him, Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. The Vikings, big changes to the coaching staff, no real meaningful changes to the personnel. So the fact that this team has shown zero interest in Alexander Madison as anything more than just a pure old school backup I believe that carries over even with Kevin O'Connell running the show in Minnesota now. 23.8 opportunities per game. By opportunities, I mean carries plus targets. That is also the third most over the last three seasons. The fewest he had in any of those seasons 
was back in 2019 when he was getting 22.4 opportunities per game. So it's not like we're talking about one monster opportunity season and then two solid ones. No, no, no. This is a guy who you know is good. You can just pencil him in right now. 22 carries plus targets per game. No doubt about it. I think they use him the same way. You also sort of like what Kevin O'Connell has done to get to this point. Started out in San Francisco, then went to Washington, was the Rams offensive coordinator the last two years. So he's been around a lot of really good offensive minds, a lot of really good running minds. Obviously, Sean McVay speaks for himself, but you know, don't sleep on the time he spent with Bill Callahan as well, one of the most respected offensive line coaches in the NFL. So you have to like that for Kevin O'Connell. The only argument against Dalvin Cook is health. He's given you 13-plus games the last three seasons. We want the 16 or the 17. If he gives you 13 again this year, he's going to be a top 5-6 running back. That's why I'm at on Dalvin Cook. I've got nothing against Saquon. I'm going to have Saquon on plenty of teams. I just think Dalvin Cook is a little bit disrespected because of the anomalous six-touchdown season that he had a year ago. Yeah, so I think that there's a point that you just touched on that I was going to start with is that he's actually a little bit touchdown reliant over the past well, three years. And you see the variance right there is when it drops is that he drops from and it wasn't just a small it was a precipitous drop almost eight points per game from 2020 to 2021 when he scored 10 fewer touchdowns. Uh, again, one game, one game difference for how many he played. But again, I'm talking about points per game. So eight point mm-hmm. drop per game. Very similar target usage, as you mentioned, very similar carry usage in the games that he played. Uh, There was a little bit of an uptick in 2020 on the carry side of things. But you brought up Kevin O'Connell, and this is where I'm going to push back on Dalvin Cook before I get to Barkley, is Kevin O'Connell back with Washington. And there was speculation. I kind of taken the Rams out of it, but you can include them either way because there's a lot of talk of like how much he was involved with the offense with under McVay. And a lot of it was the reports are O'Connell focused mostly on the passing game and not so much the entire offense because McVay was still in command of that either Mm -hmm. way. So I look for the real representation being Washington. And yes, this was Adrian Peterson towards his end, but Adrian Peterson split with Chris Thompson in the passing game. And we even saw that at times last year. I know we've had the Cam Akers discussion of like they treated him like a bell cow at the end of the season coming back from the injury. And I'm on that camp. But we also saw at times before with the passing. And that's where I'm going with this is everybody's talking about Kevin O'Connell and what he's going to do for the passing game and more three wide and more involvement for Irv Smith. But my hesitation on Dalvin Cook is twofold is one, he's never played a full season ever. For his entire career, right. for and I'm gonna right. I, obviously people are gonna push back Saquon Barkley injured the past two years, but at least he's played a season. Delvin Cook's never played a full season. Let me make that so. And the other part of it is, I actually think you didn't bring up the name I'm concerned about in the backfield. It's my, mine is Ty Chandler. I actually think Ty Chandler could be the pass catching option, like a Chris Thompson, like a Miss Kissick, like a Michael Carter. Like I think he has that upside to just seed the touches off Dalvin Cook. And the fact of let's not get Dalvin Cook hurt every single year. We don't need to give Dalvin Cook 320 to 340 touches every year and watch him miss two, three, four games every single year. So I don't hate Dalvin Cook. My positive spin on Saquon Barkley, we've already had a conversation, so I'll keep this a little bit short, and that's why I spent so much time on Dalvin Cook, is we saw Saquon Barkley for that two-game stretch at the end of September when everybody was like, oh my God, Saquon's back. Almost 100 yards, over 100 yards in two games, about 20 and 24 touches in those two games. And in those two games, what did he do? He averaged 22.7 points, which is what Dalvin Cook did two years ago at 22.6. If everybody loves Brian Dable being able to fix the Giants, fix Daniel mm-hmm. Jones, the offensive line is definitively better across. Like, of course, we could have bust and Neil could be a bust. It could all go sideways. But we're all making assumptions here, just like we are with the Vikings is if things are going to be better and Barkley has the chance to be Barkley, which we saw at the end of September, he's in the conversation for me 
to possibly finish one, two, three. I don't think Cook right. ever gets there. I think we've seen Cook. I think Cook's peak is four or five. So you pick guys. He was just RB2 like two years ago. Yeah, for the one season. I don't think he gets back to that again. That's what I'm saying. I don't think. How many he- times has Saquon been there? So he has a much, much shorter career. He actually finished in front. He was number one. He finished in points per game and ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Point being, I said, who gets there? I wasn't saying who has in history. I said, who gets there this year? Saquon Barkley. I don't think Dalvin Cook does. I think it's, I have them back to back essentially, but I'm taking the upside of Barkley over what I think is a potential split share coming. And that's my biggest thing. There's nobody taking the ball away from Barkley. Brita, Gary yeah. Brightwell, yeah. Jashawn Corbin. Like, no. <laughs> so that's true i'm not gonna argue with okay, you on so, that so yeah, my, my I, one, I really i do have my question because yeah, yeah, you said have questions yeah. ready so i do have my one question yeah, no yeah 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 please of everything i just said that i want to focus on the one thing do you think because you didn't bring in ty chandler do you think that i'm wrong which is fine to say like because if i'm wrong you're probably right in this argument of what dalvin cook is because let's throw injuries aside for both of them and let's say mm-hmm. they both play 17 games they both play 16 games do you see Dalvin Cook going back to 2020 workload? Because if so, now you're saying Barkley and Cook are on the same page workload-wise. We, we, you know, again with Kevin O'Connell uh, in town, you know, we can't just assume, um, you know, exactly the usage that we've seen from right. uh, Dalvin Cook over the last uh, few years. I think it's the same. I mean, they've they've cycled through a couple different coordinators during Dalvin Cook's time. No coordinator has shown much uh, interest in doing anything else with Alexander Madison. Ty Chandler, you know, could be something of a concern, uh, but I think it's, I really do think that, you know, they know what they've got in Dalvin Cook and, you know, the, the guy who's in his age 27 season, like it's really sort of a now or never time for usage with Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. Um, and so I think that this is uh, the guy who is going to be able to continue uh, that sort of usage. Yes. I'm speculating. I mean, I, I can't sit here and say it's a guarantee. You know, if this were still the Mike Zimmer regime, I would feel like it's a guarantee. But I feel good enough about it that uh, that I'm willing to take Dalvin Cook not only ahead of Saquon but probably among my top five. Okay. Um, for you, my question is: Aren't you at least a little bit worried that the Giants' offense is going to suck again, and that that's going to have some downstream effects on Saquon? No, because it sucked last year, and he was top five running back in those two weeks. So that's what I look at: is like it can't get any worse than it was last year. And the volume, like, we're not concerned about the Panthers offense sucking for Christian McCaffrey. So that's my thing is like, no. Now, that's why I don't have Saquon <laughs> Barkley top three, because the hit rate of mm-hmm. top bottom 10 offenses producing a top five running right. back are almost zero. <laughs> but we're all OK with Christian McCaffrey, but nobody's OK with Saquon Barkley. And that's the I've, I keep coming back to that one time and time again. Like, why? Why would you are? And I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying for everybody out there. Yeah. Like, how can you be camp Christian McCaffrey, but camp non Saquon Barkley? It's a strange camp to be in. Certainly. Funston, where are you in the uh, Dalvin Cook versus Saquon Barkley discussion? Yeah, I think I'm splitting the vote here. First of all, like <laughs> what half point each? Throwing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, like if you're asking me at ADP, who do I want? I want Saquon Barkley. OK, if I just like straight up, which who do I think is going to finish higher? I'm going to go Dalvin Cook. I think the problem here is that if you just take away all the assumptions that we're making here, Ty Chandler, that Brian Dable, this offense will be better, that, you know, all these things, then, yeah, maybe Jake wins this one. But that's a lot of assumptions being made. And if you just look at what's what's happened on paper the last few years, I think you have to go with Dalvin Cook. So uh, I, I but I would take Saquon Barkley at ADP. I'm not getting any Dalvin Cook where he's going in drafts, but I'm seeing myself getting in positions in drafts to actually 
like where Saquon Barkley is sitting when my pick comes up. Well, then let me ask Faustin a question. Yeah, go for it. Because you said what we've seen on paper. So I just like, because it was only two games last year, is that just not enough to be on paper? Like legitimately asking. I mean, it was only two games, but the reason I always keep bringing up those two games is because we all went into the season waiting and knowing and saying Saquon Barkley is not going to be ready till the end of September to be himself. And then he was. So that's what I'm asking. It's like, is that two game sample too small for you? Well, here's the problem. It's, 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 it's assuming kind of like a huge leap for the Giants. It wasn't big enough. We know that both of these guys could be top two fantasy running backs if the stars align. But we're already seeing with the Giants, like Sterling Shepard, not healthy. You're, le- you're relying on like a passing game to be good, for Daniel Jones to be good. And like, I, and Saquon Barkley to just play 15, 16 games and have it all kind of work. I, I just think like the path to being the number two running back is less headwind for Dalvin Cook than it is. By the for way, Saquon they lost Barkley. to Atlanta 14 to 17 in that week three when he scored almost 20 points. I just say like, well, they, who they, the offense, Bills lose the to? The, stinks. the Bills, no, no, are, they, the Bills lose to the Texans or and he was averaging like 22 or, points per game. Him. They stunk. And he, so I, I get what <laughs> yeah. you're saying. I have a feeling yes, I'm going to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Not Bills the ended <laughs> ended about 90% of survivor pools across the country when they lost to the Jaguars. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. that I, I think <laughs> well, why are you bringing up stuff from last year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were you saying, Funston? I think when you throw ADP into the equation, it's a really, mm-hmm. really tight battle here. It makes yeah. it it makes it almost even. Yeah, well, that's why we try to find guys who are who are a little bit closer than Saquon and, and Dalvin are in the ADP charts. But this was just a good one, and I wanted to get us at the top of the draft at least a little bit on this episode after we spent our last episode talking about all those real life RB twos, and we were living in the eighty to one hundred range overall. I wanted to get at least a little bit of injection of let's talk about someone who's going to get taken in the top ten, top twelve, top fifteen. So that's what we get. With that debate, we are not going to get it with debate number two. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's get into it, Funston. You and me in this one. We move out to the wide receiver position. You are going to argue on behalf of Elijah Moore. I am going to argue on behalf of Devontae Smith. You're up first here, Funston. What's the case for Elijah Moore over Devontae Smith? Well, the first case is that in half PPR, Elijah Moore on a pregame basis uh, decidedly outperformed Devonta Smith. Um, he's in an offense that threw the ball 110 times more over the course of the season than Philadelphia. What's Philadelphia's motivation to throw the ball a whole lot more? In their final 10 games, they averaged 25 pass attempts per game and went 7-3. and three. That's, a, that's a recipe that worked for them. Uh, the Jets... 
by by and large was considered like the best draft in the NFL. They've improved on the mm-hmm. offensive line. They've added another weapon into the passing game. Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson is in his second season. Has a little seasoning under him. Looked good in times, and if he takes any kind of uh, leap forward, it's only going to help Elijah Moore. So, uh, yeah, Garrett Wilson came into the mix. He's going to have to share the ball with him. But you look on the Philadelphia side; they brought in a better, more established receiver in AJ Brown, who's going to you know be a bigger uh, weight on the uh, incumbent here between Elijah Moore and Devonta Smith. I think AJ Brown is a bigger specter for mm-hmm. Devonta Smith than Garrett Wilson, a rookie, is for Elijah Moore, who's already got a season under his belt. Um, who replaced Funston with uh, Michael Salfino over here? Jeez. <laughs> Oh, beating, the, beating, oh, yeah. the, beating the drum for Zach Wilson. My word. How dare actually, you, Bill? Actually, I actually like you. the Jets a lot. If the, if the Jets were, if you take this ever. exact. <laughs> I know. If you flip oh. the Jet, if you flip the Jets with like the, the Bears, for example, and suddenly the Jets are in the NFC North or you flip them with the Giants or whatever, I, I'm probably making a, I'm probably making a Jets playoff case. I actually do like this team a bit this season. Love what they did on the offensive line. Love the Garrett Wilson addition. I do think you can expect some realistic progression from Zach Wilson. So I think this is a good team I, and I, I like Elijah more, but I'm going to go with Devontae Smith here for you know a couple of reasons. Number one, like you know, playing with a, a quarterback who's still getting his footing in the NFL while Devonta is a rookie, going you know 64, 9, 16, and five as a rookie. That's a that's a successful season. I think that's a, a big success uh, as a rookie season. Can, uh, throwing the even if you strip the context out of it, you add the context, makes it even more of a success. We're always trying to you know, strike the right balance between what happens to the incumbent when a new receiver is added and specifically what happens to the an incumbent when a receiver who is clearly better than him is added. And so, you know, like we, right, there's on the one hand, it's oh, he's going to take attention away and that's going to be make the life easier on the incumbent. On the other hand, it's, well, yeah, he's going to take attention away. He's going to take attention from the quarterback away and he's going to, and the incumbent's going to get fewer targets. And I don't know if there's necessarily a perfect answer for that in really any situation. What I will say about AJ Brown coming to Philly and why I don't think that's why I'm willing to think of that as more of a positive for Devontae Smith than a negative is that you know, what's the one knock on Devontae Smith coming into the league? He's, he's a, he's slight. He's just, not a big guy. He's not going to be a guy who's going to, you know, we assume like handle the the grind of a 17 game season as well as someone who's built like AJ Brown. Physical DBs can maybe disrupt him a little bit, disrupt that pristine route running that we always like to talk about with Devontae Smith. Well, I think that that's good then that you got a guy like AJ Brown who's going to draw away the attention, who's going to draw away, who has to draw away the other team's most physical DB because you can't you can't throw a non-physical DB on AJ Brown and expect a whole lot of success for your defense. And so I think that's going to let what Devontae Smith does best shine a little bit more in this second season in Philadelphia. You've got a good offensive line again. You've got head coach, offensive coordinator, QB continuity in Philadelphia. It's it's not a, it's not quite a like I, I this is not a one hundred like oh, oh Devonte Smith like you're an idiot Funston like Elijah Moore is going to be very good here and I think the Jets make some big gains on the offensive side of the ball but add everything up and I just think that Devonte Smith is in a little bit more secure of a position than Elijah Moore is coming into the into this year and, and part of that is my question to you I mean I guess you sort of already answered it but I do have some tiny volume concerns for Elijah Moore related to. Garrett Wilson, first overall pick. You know, it's a team that used a second overall on Denzel Mims or second rounder on Denzel Mims a couple of years ago. Then they go out, they get um, Elijah Moore. Then they use a first rounder on Garrett Wilson. They spent the money on Corey Davis. So they're not overwhelming volume concerns for me, but I do have them. Do you share them at all? 
Okay, well, so the three main uh, targets in the Jets are Elijah Moore, the Garrett Wilson, and Corey Davis. Uh, I, I wouldn't put C.J. Uzoma or Tyler Conklin ahead of those guys. Sure. Uh, but we're talking about a pie that was 110 more pass targets than the Eagles were last year. And the Eagles, with a much smaller pie, have A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and Devonta Smith. So, you know. Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown versus Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson as mm-hmm. like the as like the challengers for for top targets. Like I'm fine. Even if you want to call that a wash, it's still 110 more. It's a bigger pie with the mm-hmm. Jets. So my question to you is for a team that went seven and three down the stretch, throwing the ball twenty-five times, that added AJ Brown. And for Devonta Smith, who averaged one point seven half PPR points fewer than Elijah Moore. How does the share improve enough for Devonta Smith to get enough targets? Because when they went down the stretch with those final 10 games, Devonta Smith didn't, didn't get over 80 yards in any game, didn't get more than five catches, had five catches in one game. All the other games were four. So how does the volume improve so much that he can be on a level playing field with Elijah Moore? My, my response to that, which is an excellent question and definitely a good spot to poke a hole in a case for Devonta Smith, is that I mean, I'm going a little bit with the evidence of things unseen, but I think because of A.J. Brown, because of what we should expect to be at least some growth in Jalen Hurts' game, because of Dallas Goddard uh, being unleashed as the, you know, no question about it, tight end of this team, that I think the efficiency for Devontae Smith improves. I think he just, I think the softer coverage and the softer uh, attention of the defense is really going to help him because of the way that you beat Devontae Smith. We're talking about a guy who's six feet, 170. You know, that maybe is a little bit of media guide lying as well. And so I think by drawing some of that attention away and from letting him excel and using his route running ability, using his speed, using his hands uh, against less than the attention he was getting last year, I think that's going to improve the efficiency for Devontae Smith this season. That's my argument here. It's not so much like it's hard to make a volume argument for Devontae Smith over Elijah Moore, but I think you can make an efficiency argument for him. I think you could see um, more valuable targets for Devontae Smith, I think you could see just a better overall offense for Philly versus the Jets, and that that ultimately is what pushes him to a plane that gets him over Elijah Moore. Jake, where are you at on this one? Uh, you both left out the most important part. Well, I said Funston left out the most important part. Oh, uh, you, you suck, Funston. Because, because it, the, the Devontae Smith is a zero in this case. Is Elijah Moore is going to get a few rushes. That's, that's There's an added factor that Devontae Smith is not going to get, or just hasn't. It doesn't look like they're going to give him those opportunities. Elijah Moore, they copycat league Debo Samuel but I'm I'm 100% I actually have almost a tier difference between these two and for the Elijah Moore because of what Funston said is you bring in AJ Brown definitively the number one Elijah Moore in my opinion is still the number one worst case scenario he's in the same boat as Devontae Smith and they're both number twos as worst case scenario and then I go back to what Funston said I am team Jalen Hurts but I'm also team 100 more pass attempts minimum for <laughs> other team this is very similar to if you were telling me Rashad Bateman Versus these guys, you know, Rashad Bateman's dealing with Mark Andrews and nothing else. Elijah Moore. So, you know, I'm a tier difference. Overall, though, the points at the end of the season, I think is going to be a pretty close gap. I think you can see be like 15 points gap at most. So that being said, I'm, I'm team Elijah Moore, but very slim. Come on, voters. Points, Come say. on, voters. Side with me. You know, you want to be in on Devontae <laughs> no, Smith no. here. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. 
From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, one more, guys. One more debate here, you guys. And we're going to get to the quarterback position. You know, I, I had you guys do a quarterback debate when we first did this. It was Dak against Aaron Rodgers. And the nature of the quarterback position, the way that you know, there's a lot of agreement at this position. It's not a position that we necessarily um, – you know, we agree for a lot of the same reasons and, uh, on why players rank here, players rank there. I didn't think we were necessarily going to come back to it. But then found a little bit of a, a fun uh, style of where you guys differ. So – that's why I bring back the quarterback position. It is Trey Lance and Derek Carr. I mean, there could not be two different quarterbacks, I think, in the NFL. And guys, like, I mean, there's reason to like both these guys in the fantasy world, and it's for totally different reasons. Jake, you've got Trey Lance. Funston, mm-hmm. you've got Derek Carr. Uh, Funston, you just went first on Elijah Moore, correct? So, Jake, we're going to throw it to you. Take it away. Why Trey Lance over Derek Carr? I'm glad we only have less than 10 minutes for this show because this is going to be quick for me. I don't need to take that much time because here's here's all I need to say. I keep bringing up the Josh Allen comparisons. Josh Allen, year two. Ready, everybody? Yes. 3,000 passing yards, 20 passing touchdowns, 510 rushing yards, and nine rushing touchdowns. Just take that season, that season in 16 games, more fantasy points than Derek Carr last year. Boom. Done. The real argument should be Joe Burrow versus Trey Lance because (laughs) Trey Lance is going to run more than we saw Josh Allen run because we know know Trey Lance is in that mold. So you give me 3,000 yards and 20 rushing touchdowns or 20 passing touchdowns and you give me 707. So even fewer rushing touchdowns, but give me 707. That's reasonable in in the rushing department for Trey Lance. And you give me 3,020. Now he's pushing Joe Burrow from last year as QB six or seven. So Trey Lance is in a walk. You should have given Funston a better argument than freaking Derek Carr versus Trey Lance. Done. <laughs> Moving Wait on. Wait a minute. How, this is uh, this is like uh, you don't even have Joe Burrow over Trey Lance. Debate one hundred and one on how to win a debate is to just substitute another player in for the guy you're supposed to be debating. So now I'm now I'm supposed to be arguing against Josh Allen. Like what's going on here? Like, I thought we were arguing about a guy Josh who Allen has, year two. I thought I was arguing about a guy. Okay, who, then here's the question. Do you, here's the question. Do you think Trey Lance, if he's starting a full season, which he is, Jimmy Garoppolo is gone, can't throw for three thousand yards and twenty touchdowns and well, can't so, run for seven hundred and seven? Because that's the only way Derek Carfin is in front of him. I love that you brought up Joe Burrow because I was going to bring him up anyways. What Joe Burrow did last year, 34 touchdown passes, like 4,400 yards. Like He's being ranked ahead of Trey Lance. And I think Derek Carr Mm -hmm. has Joe Burrow-like upside. Yeah, he's going to lose out by a long shot in the rushing comparison. But in the passing comparison, even from Vegas odds, it's like a thousand more yards set for Derek Carr and like 10 more touchdowns. And that's like Derek Carr getting to 30. Derek Carr can legitimately get to 35. He had 30 
2022 in year two when he was in the MVP discussion with Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper, a good setup in place. You could argue Derek Carr, there's not a whole lot of quarterbacks in the league that have a better setup in place than Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, some good backfield, and what you can assume would be a pretty competent coach in Josh McDaniel. So, like, Trey Lance has to average a lot of rushing yards because we know the passing yards are not going to be great. He could legitimately end up with like 18 touchdown passes and like 3,400 passing yards. This is a lot similar to the, the discussion I just or debate I just had with Beller where you look at these two teams, it was 116 more pass attempts uh, for the Raiders last year than it was for the 49ers. And the 49ers bring in Tyrion Price Davis and they got Elijah Mitchell. They're talking like three-headed monster in the backfield in addition to Trey Lance. So it's going to be volume problematic for the 49ers in the passing game. My question to you is if they do get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, like it sounds like you're talking, what, Nate mm-hmm. Subfield is your backup? Is Kyle Shanahan, do you feel comfortable that Kyle Shanahan's going to be turning Trey Lance loose as a runner enough to make up the difference if Nate Subfield is truly your reality if Trey Lance gets hurt? One billion percent. And I'm glad you brought up 18 passing touchdowns and 3,200 yards, because if you give those numbers to Trey Lance, all he has to do, all he has to do is run for mm, 400 yards. And he supplants Derek Carr's last year. All he has to do in a rushing. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) You said 3,218. You give him 3,200 yards and 18 passing touchdowns. He runs for 500 yards and six rushing touchdowns which isn't even 707, and he passes Jalen Hurts, and he's just behind Joe Burrow. Barely behind Joe Burrow. You just made the argument for me. You said versus Joe Burrow, so there you go. He's on Joe Burrow with piss-poor-ass numbers, and he's on Joe Burrow. You're making a lot of assumptions for a guy that's had 19 starts out of high school, 17 of them at North Dakota State. 3,200 yards and 18 touchdowns are the numbers you gave me. A lot no, of assumptions, here's, that's Here's nothing. the funny thing. You're, you're giving me – you're kind of comparing him to last year, Derek Carr. I don't know how many times in this podcast you've said Derek Carr's touchdown total last year was ridiculous. Regression is coming. It said it like I know. 30. That's why I compared him to Joe Burrow. For total and, fancy points. I just, I'm yeah, just saying. And then, then you're right there, but you also, again, I don't, I, I disagree. I think, I think Shanahan with Debo Samuel in the, can be in the backfield and Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson and Interior Price Davis. I think they can lean on a lot of other guys and not put Trey Lance out there. Yeah. I give Trey you five. Trey Lance ran almost 30 times in two games. Yeah, he had one. Two. He had one game. What did he have? Forty yard game and an eighty yard game. He had one good game. One right. One pretty solid. Right. But so th- I said, my question to you is: Does so he's not even going to run for four hundred yards? No, That's I think the he'll only run, way. I think he'll run for five hundred. But like and five touchdowns okay. with that again, that puts him at Joe Burrow for last year total fantasy points. There's, with your there, numbers passing, I'm just I mean, saying. Trevor Lawrence just went through a season where he threw 12 touchdown passes. He might not get to 18 touchdown passes. He might. Oh, uh, see, not, now you're chopping it down even more. <laughs> Well, and I could also say Derek Carr could get to five thousand yards and forty touchdowns. Is that out? Is that realistic? No, I, no, no. It's not. It's not. Un- forty I mean, hundred last year. No, the odds are long. But do you know it's how many t- unreal- do you know how many quarterbacks threw for forty touchdowns last year? One. Yeah. Tommy. No, no, wait, two, two. Yeah, Stafford and Stafford, and Tom Brady. Brady. That was it. Derek Carr this year's Matt Stafford. <laughs> Oh my god, that's I, I, that's beautiful. That's be- just like this is just Wait, like last week. Guys, Matthew Stafford. Then he would need two more rushing touchdowns, so he'd need seven hundred yards and nine rushing touchdowns, and he'd be on Matthew Stafford. Well, I have these guys ranked back to back, so I'm like, you know, we're, <laughs> I'm splitting hairs I mean, a that's, bit. Like, that's perfect. 
Hurry up, we got three minutes, Ballard, for your summation. I mean, that is just perfect. The fact that you busted that you're arguing this vehemently and you have him back-to-back, I mean, that's why I freaking love these episodes, you guys. That, that is why we do them and again. Just like last week, you guys knocked it out of the park for the third one. I'm not even going to put any words in it. I'm just going to let it stand right there. That's it. That's the end of the episode the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks so much for You should have played a Funston. You should have been like, I'll take Lance at ADP and I'll take Derek Carr or vice versa or whatever. Oh, my God. It's freaking beautiful, you guys absolutely beautiful what else is beautiful is hey the weekend's here hope you all have yourselves a great weekend we are back with you next week for jake and funston i'm michael beller we'll talk to you soon